Blog Talk Radio. Well, I guess I'm going to start the show here. we got a little bit of technical difficulties, but we're going to discuss some of the 17-game extensions tonight. Hey! One less per season game. I'm into it. Hey, my man. They got you back, man. <laughs> so, for those of you who are wondering, um, this was some uh, Blog Talk Radio problems. Turns out that their direct connect isn't working right now. So, uh, I had to find another way to get in here, and thankfully I had my trusty co-host, Adam and Eva from the Burgundy and Gold Report there, ready to pick up the ball and run with it. Thanks so much for that, Adam. Surprise, always, we made it. <laughs> always, pre- always prepared, no doubt, man, no doubt. Oh, yeah, always prepared, yeah. And it was one of those things, too, that I, I actually was, um, I was actually said, you know what, I'm just forget it. I'm going to go ahead and go old school on this, and uh, so we're on. But even going old school wasn't working, so good time. Right. You right. Know, the fact of the matter, though, Adam, I, I'll say this. You know, we've only had massive technical difficulties twice. In like three months, right. that's pretty good for Block Talk Radio. Yeah, very Not good. Bad, you know? For sure. Very I good. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome everyone to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Akun Wong. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And as I mentioned, with me as always, my co-host, Adam Aniva of the Burgundy Gold Report. How are you doing, Adam? I'm good. I'm good. It's draft season. It's the busiest season of the year, and you know I'm excited just to start getting into you know all the talks, ratings, and drafts. There's just so much going on. Oh yeah, totally, totally. And there's so much. I love this time of the year because not only do we have the NFL draft, you get the Final Four of March Madness. We got the back half of the NHL and NBA seasons. We got Major League Baseball starting tomorrow. It's amazing. Just amazing stuff all over the place, man. I I can't. I almost can't contain myself. Uh, so hey, uh, so we got. Since we are, we're here a little bit late, I'm just going to get us rolling here. We've got lots to talk about today, including the new extended regular season, the draft trade, the draft prospects, pro days. Oh my gosh, there's so much to talk about. Let's just get rolling. So let's get started with this extended regular season on March 30th. NFL owners approved the expansion of the regular season from 16 games to 17 games beginning in 2021. That means the regular season now is 18 weeks, and that added game will feature teams from opposing conferences that finished in the same place within their division the previous season. And, of course, the preseason will be reduced to three games per team because there is a limit with regard to uh, the number of games that a team can play in a year. And actually, I don't know if you knew this, Adam, but I saw this kind of trolling around on Twitter, but you know the Bears, the Chicago Bears and the New York Jets, they're the only two teams not to have a 4,000-yard passer in the 16-game era, which began in 1978. Did you know that? I, I did not know that. Wow, crazy. It's so Got to be the year to turn it it's around, really man. Sad. <laughs> For sure. Oh, my goodness. We'll finally have our 4,000-yard passer, hopefully, when we have one more, one extra game to get there. That's always, being a Bears fan, at least I got that going for me. Well, hey, let, let, let me ask you, Adam, what do you think about this new extended 17-game regular season? Good, bad, ugly, what do you think? Yeah, it, it's a good start. You know what I mean? The Going down to one less preseason game, to me, that's great, because I understand the idea of, you know, getting to look at the prospects, but, you know, the whole dress rehearsal game, all these, I think it can all be done in three games. But what I'm curious to see is with that extra game, are they going to, you know, make any amendments this season to the roster, um, you know, exemptions, mm-hmm. how many they can have on a practice squad? Because, you know, we saw some of that with the COVID rules last year. 
that got implemented shortly before the season. That's something, you know, as a fan, I think I, I'm most curious about because I think if you have an extra game, I think that they should possibly consider an extra, you know, two people at least on the roster, if not, you know, the practice squad and give an extra guy that can be called up because it's going to be needed, uh, the grind of the season. But, yeah. um, you know, for those players, I believe that signed, I think it was uh, before April of 2020, um, for that extra game, I think, just to put it in perspective, I think it was 117th of the salary. So Tom Brady will get, I think it was $1.6 mm-hmm. for that extra game this year. So it's definitely going to be oh, fruitful for goodness. some. And for others, it be a nice Woo. little uh, Christmas bonus. Yeah. Yeah, not even that, but I mean, I mean if they are actually have a uh, if they have a, you know, they could they could rest those guys in that last game, I suppose, and they just be one There's million dollars of, of free on. cash. <laughs> yeah. So, nope. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I I feel the same way. Um certainly there's uh the injury issue, and I actually wonder how much this really will change how teams play the game. I understand they're trying to make it more competitive by making that last game against somebody in an opposing conference that was in the same place in their division the previous season, but does it really matter? I mean, teams from year to year, they change so dramatically. And quite frankly, if it's the last game of the regular season, it's the last game of the regular season. We've seen how unpredictable. <laughs> I mean, we saw firsthand, actually, because we, we, uh, we did see that um, Eagles-Washington football team game, and that was a very unpredictable. I, I, would, I would have never predicted that. I honestly think that the Washington football team would have won that anyway. But honestly, it, it was very unpredictable how it all played out. So you can tell. I, I don't know if it means it's going to change anything uh, in the greater scheme of things. But, hey, I'll take an extra week of football, wouldn't you? I mean, that's, For sure. I'm all in on extra <laughs> weeks of football <laughs> there. All right. <laughs> uh, all right, let's. Let's uh, get to the next one. Let's put the Zonka boxing bell on that one. Move on to the next one. Um, we're going to go to the draft trade. Before we get there, though, I have to ask you, Adam, did you see – I didn't realize this, but like I said, I was trolling around Twitter trying to find information because I'm a sports guy and I'm looking at all the different sports that are flipping on right now. I ran across that video of Justin Tucker doing a, um, essentially a rap to, about fried chicken. Did you see this? It was, he <laughs> I did not. I've heard people... It was a – I heard people talking about it, but no. <laughs> yeah, it was like a commercial that he did for this, uh, for this. Uh, I guess it must be some sort of fast food joint uh, near around Baltimore, I, supp- I suppose. Um, and it basically is him rapping about how good their fried chicken is, um, and he's rapping into a uh, fried chicken leg. I mean, quite frankly, that's like the trifecta, if you ask me. That's fried chicken, right. that's rap, and an NFL kicker. What else could you want, right? That's basically everything right. you want right there, all enrolled in the one. <laughs> Hey, well, we'll we'll be sure to put that on. I'm going to get a copy of that so we can play that for our listeners next time. So everybody, Definitely. you got something to look forward to. But let's <laughs> let's talk about the draft though. So the draft trade, man, this was big news. 49ers, Dolphins, Eagles in on this big draft trade. Uh, the 49ers acquired in 2021 the third overall pick. So that's basically what the 49ers walked away with: third overall pick this year. Eagles piled up a bunch of picks. This year, they got the 12th overall pick, and they got the 123rd overall pick from the Dolphins. And in 2022, they get the Dolphins' first-round pick. So that's a nice haul for the Eagles. And then the Dolphins, wow, they're just just piling up picks left and right. This year, they get the 6th overall pick and the 156th overall pick. In 2022, they get the 49ers' first and third-round pick. And in 2023, they get the 49ers' first-round pick. 49ers mortgaging the house. Man, this is going to be interesting. What do you think about this trade, winners, losers, and what do you think they're going to be doing with this? I'll tell you, the, the funniest thing that I keep hearing is San Francisco um, traded up for uh, Mac Jones or Justin Fields. 
where they were sitting, okay. honestly, I think we're pretty safe in saying there's going to be four to five quarterbacks in that in this top ten range, which is crazy. But I think it, it, uh-huh. it's Trey Lance because I think if anyone's watched, paying attention to Kyle Shannon yeah. over the years and the different quarterbacks that he's had success with, you know, you're going to implement a lot of those RG3 concepts that he did with his father in Washington because I think you have Lance is probably a way better athlete, you know, than RG3, which is crazy to think because. RG3 was a straight-line runner, a lot of speed. They incorporate a lot of zone read, RPOs in there. I think this is exactly what they can do with Lance because I do not see Mac Jones or Justin Fields being able to step on the field, even, you know, halfway through the season. You know, a lot of people talk about uh, Garoppolo being there, and, and I do see that happen, but I think Lance is the type of guy, even though he has limited experience one year on the smaller school level, I think he comes in. That zone run system, he fits perfect. So I don't see any other reason for, you know, their margin of future for Lance because I think that defense, those weapons they have, Trey Lance is the perfect fit for what, what Kyle Shanahan's going to do. So I think there's a lot of smoke screens going on right now um, because, you know, as far as Philadelphia, word is that they try to trade up with the Jets and that wasn't happening. Once they figured that wasn't happening, they were losing on Zach Wilson, they traded back because it, it's, it's going to be quarterback one, two, three for sure. And uh, that's going to be Lawrence, Wilson, and Lance, in my opinion. But um, the, talk about the winners right now, it's the Dolphins, in my opinion, because they're going to get uh, that number mm-hmm. six pick. I think you, you know, I think yep. Kyle Pitcher will probably talk to him about a little bit, you know, that 4-4 speed. We haven't yes. seen a guy yes, play like this uh, since Vernon Davis in the combine. I actually think he's a better prospect than Vernon Davis. So with the ability mm-hmm. to, you know, select someone like him, Mika Parsons, who is another guy that blew up at the Pro D, uh, pro day. I think that the Dolphins are in position with all those extra picks to make their pick and also probably trade back into that top 10, top 12 range to, you know, get another day one starter. So in my opinion, they're the winners. Eagles, definitely the losers. They do have some picks and, and that's definitely something to speak of. Will they try to move back in and get their guy? But right now they're going to lose out the best receiver, best tight end, and the best linebacker in the draft yeah. by moving back. So I consider them the losers in this right. uh, in all this situation, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I, I actually was um, very curious about what the Eagles were doing because I heard that they were actually trying to trade up. Um, you know, like you said, uh, Zach Wilson high on their radar. I think it actually would have been really hysterical if they traded up and took Trey Lance. You know, just get rid of Carson Wentz and say, you know what, we need somebody else from North Dakota State. We just that we just right. we need to always have a quarterback from North Dakota State. But that that being said, you know the you know I I, I thought it was interesting because moving back to twelve. Uh, you know, I, it's it, that's just just signaling that you're just on a long-term rebuild. You know, I, I just don't yeah. really get that. Um, there was a lot of, I mean, you, like you said, you, there all the possible people, all the possible guys they could have targeted at six. Everyone was getting excited about it. Of course, you know, there was the um, pseudo questionable play at the end of the season that got them that six pick, which you know was going to turn out to be a good thing for them. You know, ultimately, and that, that could have, you know, that could have been the reason right there. And you could say, listen, you know, this is what we did, but now we got. You know, you got Chase, we got, you know, Pitts, we got, we got, you know, whoever you picked up, you, you can validate that. 12, right. I don't know. I mean, so you got a first-round pick in 2022. That that signals to me massive rebuild. That's just not something I think yeah. they should be doing right now, um, and that's that's a big mistake. I totally agree also with the Dolphins. Man, did they load up. I mean, like, that that is great. If you think about the fact that they gave up the third overall pick, they went back to six, and now they got a first and a third in 2022 and a first in 2023. I mean that's yeah. that's brilliant. Um, they have that, absolutely they brilliant have that work ammo by the Dolphins there. See, like I said, they have that ammo to move back up. You know, once they get you know either Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, whoever they get, they're going to have that ammo to jump. You know, with Tua, I just think they're going to just continue to surround him with weapons, offensive line help. 
But, yeah, you're talking about a massive rebuild Philadelphia. What they're doing is, to me, they're telling me they're not sold on their quarterback. And they really yes, thought that they could get that by moving up. And without, I think that speaks volumes with, you know, not only Philadelphia, but what other teams potentially think of Fields. Because I think Mac Jones, it's a given that that's not their type of quarterback. But I think if you look at Fields right. and what everyone has been saying about it, you would think Philadelphia would, you know, with Jalen Hurts, what they're running. But I just think it shows that during this time, uh, we're really going to prop up a lot of signal callers because there's just not enough supply for the, for the demand going around. Yep, totally agree, totally agree. It will be really interesting to see how this all plays out. And speaking of those guys, let's hit the bell and move on to the next topic because we had a bunch of pro days that came up. After Trevor Lawrence, of course, there's everyone else, right? But everyone else isn't chopped liver. There's some good good guys out there. And we got a chance to take a look at some of those guys. There's a BYU pro day was on March 26th. The Ohio State pro day was on March 30th, as was Alabama's pro day. And, of course, that means we had Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones out there throwing the ball. And a lot of people getting a chance to see how they would do in what's largely seen as a substitute for the combine. So give me your thoughts on this, Adam. With regard to each of those guys what? and those pro days, you know, what, how do you think they did and did it hurt or help their draft stock? Well, I think, you know, we touched on that a little bit. I think Zach, you know, I'm, a, I'm somebody that with pro days, I don't get caught up. I like to see because I like to see them implement a, a lot of, uh, you know, scripted offensive plays, specifically with teams that are enraged to select them. You know, Zach Wilson showed that. He knew what um, the Jets probably are looking, what kind of passes. And it's funny because I saw a lot of people um, out there on Twitter say, you know, it was impressive, but he's not going to make those jump passes, throws, crossbody. I, I, my answer to those people, did you not watch Patrick Mahomes? Have you not watched Rodgers over the last <laughs> couple of years? This is what the NFL is doing. And if you're athletic enough to, you know, get those passes downfield and accurately, of course you're going to show them. So really he didn't show me anything more in the pro day that I didn't already know. I think, you know, we talk about Lawrence and everyone else. I think surprisingly if, if the Jets really can get it together, you know, again, I'm in New York, I'm a little biased. But I do think just from following them for a little bit with the coaching moves that they've made, um, with Robert Celebi uh-huh. and their head coach, um, with you know him bringing you know the the coaching tree now, the you know the brothers of the Green Bay cl- uh, coach is blanking me right now. But um, um, what they're doing over there, as I think that they're building on both sides of the ball, they're long term. But I think the idea that they turned down probably the Eagles gave them a really nice offer, and it was a no, it was, it was a no go. I think they're sold on, you know, Zach Wilson. So I think with the Jets, it's a situation where now you have Corey Davis, you have Mims over there. Um, Jamison Crowder could be a cap casualty, um, but I think that they have enough ammo in this draft to really surround Zach Wilson with talent. And honestly, in BYU, he really didn't have that. He still looked great. So to me, out of everyone that stood out in the overall pro days, who I just thought solidified what I, what I thought he was, was definitely Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's definitely. It's, it's, I, I totally agree with that. It's it's really interesting to see what people think about the. And pro days are interesting, right? Because that, a lot of it is scripted, and you're playing it on your home right. field there. Um, it is not as standardized as it is at the combine, you know. So the pressure is a little bit off in many ways. You're throwing to receivers, you're really just throwing to. Um, so it's it's a very different environment. So it's really interesting to see what people will take away from these. What do you think about so? You know, we talked about that, right? Justin Fields, Mac Jones aren't really the guys. I mean, at least that's what right. the, you know, just, generally what we're thinking right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah give the, us some the, flavor the on that. Give us some color. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's the demand. And what's going to happen, it happens every couple years more than others when we see, you know, extreme reaches, you know, you know, Sanchez to the Jets, you know, you know, we saw the Vikings do it, the Florida State yeah. kid, um, you know, 
there's just so much of that, and I think this year that's what's going to happen. I think Jones is going to be the one that surprisingly goes in front of Fields because I think there are some teams that are really doing a lot of projection. I think that, you know, his confidence and his swagger really impressed coaches because I remember hearing the story that Nick Saban just said uh, he was a practice team quarterback, and um, he was telling them, you know, take it easy on the defense. We, you know, we want to see what they can do. And he said, well, you tell them to stop me, and then I'll stop what I'm doing. So I think that, you know, those kind of attributes, you know, get out. And I think there's a lot of fans of his. But if you ask me, I'm an Alabama fan, and I just I don't see it. I see that he could be, you know, in time of Fitzpatrick maybe, you know, that, that kind of backup comes. But I still don't see that athleticism in him. I'm just, you know, making that, you know, connection there just as career backup kind of thing. Um, so I just don't see it. Right. I think some team is going to probably overreach on him, and the team is going to trade up for him. Um, as far as Justin Fields goes, he didn't answer anything because I think in the pro days, the only thing that you can really show is how he's improved in his footwork. Accuracy is only going to show much, so, so much in those drills. But to me, it's, it's, it's his lack of ability to read the field. It just, it's taken too long for him. And the national championship, I saw him doing it, and he looked a little better, and he got a lot of credit for it. But I think that his coaches had a lot to do with that. There was a lot, a lot of babying going on, a lot of focusing on specific reads, specific runs, which made it look like he was really reading the defense a lot better. But the truth is, in that clap system, he really wasn't. So when he gets the NFL and to have to digest an NFL playbook, I think it's going to take at least two years before you see someone like him coming on field and produce. If he does earlier than that, I think it's going to be an absolute disaster unless you're running some kind of, like I said, you know, a very zone-heavy, you know, uh, quarterback-friendly scheme. But even at OSU, even though he scrambled, you know, that wasn't his best attribute, in my opinion. You know, he he has a good arm. He can get it downfield. But I just think he's a one-read guy. It's just he'll have a lot of issues like that. So, again, both of these two, I I have them as back-end first, more likely second-rounders, but they're going to go high just because of the need. So, the pro days, like I said, it, it shows a lot of people out there, you know, maybe some things they didn't see during the season. But, yeah, I, I walked away just basically business as usual, what I expected to see. Yeah, and, it, and I know a lot of people are focusing on this because, of course, it's all over social media. But, um, you know, speaking of the, the other guy, because we, we talked about Justin Fields there at Mac Jones, you know, he had you, – you said this is scripted, and you're throwing the guys that you're used to throwing it. He was overthrowing people left and right. He was and, and, and I know yeah, this is very popular – yeah. Yeah, and there was a really, and there was a popular, um, already a popular clip going around everywhere, showing Bill Belichick just shaking his head as soon as that happened. Even, and even a shot of Kyle Shanahan looking at uh, the wall, like, uh, "What am I even doing here, watching this kid?" Seriously, that's a that's a problem. I mean, that's a real problem. This is a scripted, safe environment. You can't you can't miss uh, guys downfield when there's absolutely zero pressure and zero coverage, and you're throwing it in you your can't. home stadium. You know that's. Like I said, I wasn't surprised. I I, I just left it that. wasn't surprised. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll see what happens. It's uh, definitely all those names still fooling around there. Let me hit the bell real quick and just quickly turn it over and say, are there any other Pro Day highlights you want to – that popped out to you that caught your attention? Yeah, I'll rip them off quick. But, uh, you know, we'll start with the Florida guys. Like I said, Pitts is an absolute stud. I've loved him from the second I watched his film. I've had him as a top 20 prospect. He actually ran the line. And he actually veered a little to the side. And every, scouts were like, he could have run in the 4-3 range if he actually stayed straight. So that's crazy. Okay. <laughs> so this guy, you know, right. uh, his length, everything about him. And nobody's talking about he actually has the ability and arm length to block. So he's a guy to watch. 
his teammate that I also did a prospect card on a couple months ago was Kadarius Tony. There was a lot of concern about him, his lack of route tree knowledge, um, not an overall pure receiver. You could definitely put him in that mold of, you know, Curtis Samuel, the recent free agent uh, pickup for Washington because of his limited yep. um, uh, knowledge of route tree, but he's actually improved on that. Uh, as well. So I do see him as a guy to keep an eye on. They said unofficial, I think, was a 4-2-9-40. And the crazy was a 11-4 broad jump, which is averages around 10-2. So he's got – that's explosion right there. So that's a guy to watch. Uh, Jamar Chase and Terrence yep. Mar- Terrence Marshall, put them oh, in the yeah. same boat. They almost identical 40 times. But Jamar Chase has been out of football for a year. He opted out. This guy is – everything is built. He's going to come to the NFL. I have him in Cincinnati, day one starter. Uh, 1,000-yard guy. Oh, yeah. That's just who he is. Uh, Terrace Marshall, I, I, I like him. I'm not as crazy as some are. I still see him as uh, early second round, maybe back head first, but I was impressed. Um, but through the week, I've got to say, the, the two main guys I've been impressed with is Mika Parsons, uh, linebacker, uh, Penn State. There was a lot of concern. There was some talk about there was some hazing going on in school, uh, unconfirmed reports about him and other players getting in fights. Uh, so you do with that what you will. I think the four three nine forty throws that out the window unless he kills somebody or had a domestic you know yeah. issue off the field. I I think he's going <laughs> top ten. So you know he blew me away. And my two favorite linebackers after him are Zayvon Collins, who actually will be having his pro day coming up this Friday. Uh, but um, uh, I'm trying to uh, sorry Nick Bolton out of Missouri. He is one of my favorite middle linebacker prospects out there. He really blew it up. I had that four. I think it was four five six official forty. Uh, just a dog, yep. a guy I really like. But uh, we'll have some other pro days coming up. Uh, but, man, those are the guys that definitely stood out to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I'll just say again, Jamar Chase, he's a, a man among boys. I mean, the guy, was he tested every every number there. You know, the 438 second 40-yard dash, as you mentioned, the 41-inch vertical, the 11-foot broad jump. This guy is going to be a beast. And, of course, let's not um, gloss over Terrace Marshall. But they, so many great so many great performances there. I can't wait to see how this all pans out. Um, wow. So much to talk about, but let's move on um, really quick here because I want to touch on this before we get to our DIR prospect of the week. But before we get there, let's talk about free agency now in connection with the draft targets. And you talked about this a little bit already. You already talked about the Jets and the Washington football team. But I want to ask you again and ask you, you know, what do you think these two teams need to do in free agency now? You know, that, and, and in the draft altogether to make them kind right. of a viable threat to make playoff run, if that's even possible, but a viable threat to make a playoff run in 2021. Yeah, I, I thought the Jets would be a little more active with all the money they have, but like I said, Corey Davis is a huge pickup. They could gain another $10 million by letting go of Jamison Crowder, and I know, you know, former Washington, you know, uh, slot receiver, I, I like the idea of him pairing with Davis and Mim, but you know, truth is, you can find a guy to replace him, I think, in the third round. He was a fifth round. So I think that he's going to be a cap casualty as far as free agency. I think we're past that first major wave. We'll see it after the draft. Um, guys that I love for them, I think they got to get that stud running back. They haven't had one in a while. Uh, Najee Harris, Bama, yeah. uh, Travis Etienne, Clemson. And I love the North Carolina yeah. duo of Javon, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. So to me, those are some main positions. And again, with Robert Saleh, uh, he was shopping T.J. Mosley, so to me, they're really going to be in the market for linebacker and continue to build that offensive line. They started with Mika Becton last year. They'll continue. They'll, they'll draft Doc uh-huh. Wilson, and to me, they're going to solidify that line. But I, I like where the Jets are moving. Yeah, most definitely. So it'll be interesting to see because uh, they've been kind of uh, the uh, laughing stock, the punchline for a year now. So let's see if they can turn it around. And you know that. that now with that said. 
you know, there's something really interesting I want to talk about now. I think we all know what that is. It is Adam's DIR Prospect of the Week. Always an exciting time. Adam, take it away. All right, you know, uh, the, the, the the football geeks out there that are really follow those, you know, day three prospects will know this guy, but I've really been watching a lot of tape on him, uh, especially more hearing about him from, you know, the TDN guys about how high they're in. Deontay Smith, um, offensive tackle, East Carolina, a three-year mm-hmm. starter at left tackle. He was a previous uh, heavyweight rest aid of Georgia. That wrestling background really <laughs> pops out on film. Uh, impressive hand usage, the punches, the counters, they're just there. And it just the wrestling background made him an absolute mauler because we're talking about that heavyweight division. You can only imagine those weren't the grudge matches that went out. For, those are the, you know, one round, you know, two, three pins quick. Um, Kid started all uh-huh. 12 games at left tackle his final year. Uh, he helped protect um, the 20th ranked uh, passing offense at East Carolina. 2018, that was, excuse me. And that year, they actually had three 500-yard games, and most of those games, I think, he allowed no sacks. Um, He continued to build momentum to the draft. Um, He started all 12 games leading up to that. He got the Phil Steele All-American Athletic Conference third team. Right now, Smith is projected by many to probably slide inside the guard, but honestly, I think he should be given an opportunity to left tackle. You know, we're talking about a guy that's probably in that fifth-round developmental range. Um, I think he looks ideal to, you know, come in, be that developmental guy, possible swing tackle. So, you know, a lot of the people out there, evaluators that are automatically telling them, you know, move into guard. I was hearing a lot of this stuff with, you know, high-round prospect, Twiston Works early on from Iowa, and look at how he turned out going to Tampa Bay. So not that this guy's in that uh-huh. range yet, but, you know, Deontay Smith, we're talking about um, 294 pounds, so athletic frame, but the wingspan is 85-plus, man. So this guy is a dog. So Deontay Smith, fifth-round developmental guy. I really like him on the next level. I think he can be that swing tackle early on and, you know, with the ceiling to be, you know, a legit left tackle going forward. So I think he's definitely dying wow. and rough to keep an eye on in this draft. Well, that's a great steal for any team who decides they need to upgrade there. So that's fantastic. Great information there. And, of course, I don't think I have to remind everybody to go to the burgundyandgoldreport.com for more information on prospects across the board. It's not just for Washington football fans, folks. It's for draft fans. That's where you get all your information. And here we are. We made it to the end of the show. Let's get the air horn on the show here. All right. Well, that was light speed <laughs> because of our technical <laughs> issues at the beginning. Uh, but, Adam, well done. Well done fielding all the issues anyway. Uh, and we saved everybody five minutes of their life. So there you go, guys. That's how much we care about <laughs> our listeners. Adam, what would you like to promo for this week? Uh, well, we, we just dropped uh, the recent article, Building Offensive Chemistry in Washington while gearing up for the NFL Draft. Uh, we talked about the additions of Samuels uh, reunited with Terry McLaurin, uh, the OSU uh, 2018 National Championship team. We talked about Fitzpatrick and the reunite uh, with Humphrey, where they were in Tampa Bay together. And we just talked about a lot of draft options for Washington in the fifth round. Uh, wide receivers, we like a lot of them in the late round field that can, you know, come in and really solidify this offense for uh, Fitzpatrick to hopefully get some things going. So, yeah, go check that out, the burgundyandgoldreport.com. We'll also have a new player prospect card, uh, Marquez Stevenson All from right. Louisville coming out very soon. So, yeah, just check us out. We've got those one-touch player prospect cards. Get everything you need, one-stop shop. You know, uh, show your friends you're an expert just by checking us out. You know, hail DC. Yeah, I love it. It's so much information there. Everyone should definitely check that out uh, when you get the chance. It's not just for Washington football fans. It's for draft fans, folks. Don't 
get caught without checking it out. All right. Well, that's all the time we have, as I mentioned. You can follow me at Football Garbage Time, so FB Garbage Time on Twitter. And once again, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week.